He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a six ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Cotter Clark, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor. Bill Dolman is in. He's in his office, locked in. Not literally locked in, but locked in to talk some ball with us here. Can watch this portion of the show, as always, on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or live on Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Billy D, what are you doing? How's the week been? Thanks for joining us. Well, I can finally uh, stop driving around with a Great Dane in the mystery van trying to figure out what happened to Connor Clark because he has been AWOL from the College of <laughs> Journalism and Mass Communications for the past uh, week or so. So I'm glad that uh, you were able to, to to find him. And he would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling kids. <laughs> you, you didn't even well find played. me, which I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed. Well, I just did. No, you know, I came if, to if you. You're trying to, if you're trying to, you know, be incognito right now, you're doing a bad job of it. <laughs> Tiger Shark Diver has been quite hilarious this week, kind of like Connor's attendance. And uh, Chris and Elijah, we're say, are we going to interview Putin next week? Is, is that our next assignment? Okay, let me lay something out. First off, I will say I think that is a very important interview. You can uh, react to it however you'd like. I think it is important that uh, Putin was interviewed. I think the last people in America that should be interviewing Putin are probably Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal because we, we would, would not, not yeah. come back. No, no, we'd come back. We just probably wouldn't take it with the necessary amount of seriousness that it requires. Nope. An interview like that. I think we'd, we'd probably turn it into a fun interview, which you, would, you really don't want given the current global climate, you know? No. <laughs> you, don't think, you don't think, you don't think uh, Putin's going to go busting with the boys anytime soon? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can I'd you imagine? That. <laughs> that would be an electric 90 minutes of a podcast. <laughs> Certain uh, genre of jokes, uh, some football talk, and <laughs> G Vlad. Tell me about the first person you killed, allegedly. <laughs> no, get me Shane Gillis, Will Compton, Taylor Lewan, and Vladimir Putin on the same podcast. It'd break records. Maybe add Theo Vaughn on there as well, just for, for some fun. Especially especially if you want to, you know, you mentioned this, what, last week or a couple weeks ago, the, uh, the the talk about having an all-PED Olympics? Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that incredible? I'm going to War Horse tomorrow, if that's the case. <laughs> I, know, I know who all my money's going on. Mark McGuire. Well, listen, listen. There, just because there's no more East Germany. <laughs> all right. The East yeah. German swim team. Best goatees in, in, in the Olympics. And okay. I, I don't care. I'm still taking Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds and the, the American steroid baseball team over the Russian steroid baseball team. I agree. You know, that, you know that's fair. I think, And I think that's, that's a debate worth having. <laughs> <laughs> we have gone that direction. Uh, yes, Bill. Let, let me to, let me get... just, let me say a quick a little aside to um, a, a race I called a few years ago. There was a, a Russian speed skater uh, who became like the first uh, uh, the first man to ever break whatever the the you know in, in speed skating the five hundred is the it's the sprint right and that's like if you can break I think it was thirty five seconds that was akin to breaking the four-minute mile around Roger Bannister. So this 19-year-old from Russia is the first to go sub, we'll say, 35 seconds. Might have been 34 seconds. First one to break that uh, unbreakable mark. And then they find out that 
he had been enhanced, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets suspended for a couple of years. I think he missed an Olympics. And then after a two or four year suspension, he comes back and on the same track in Salt Lake City, the fastest speed skating track in the world, he did it again. And it's like, I think when you spend that time away, you're, you're supposed to reflect on and get stuff out of your system. You don't come or, back from suspension for PEDs and break the record again and the first time back on the track. Or you figure you- out a better way to hide using yeah, 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 that, that suspension is the masking agent <laughs> is the, the masking agent's what we're talking about here. No, I was gonna say that that, 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 that two years suspension bill. gave him two years of untested training. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean he trained I with Drago. Little, I think you come back a little pudgy, maybe. You're looking to break thirty-eight. You know, just don't come back and break the world record that you set while you were enhanced, all right? <laughs> Be smarter about it. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or, or hire a, 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 a pee tester for you. Now, if you were to have the PED games, you know, it might be like 27 seconds and Blades of Glory and whatnot, <laughs> you know? And if you lose the, the gold and by a tenth of a second, you, you rage out and you rip your skate off and stab somebody. <laughs> Isn't there a South Park episode about this? Possibly. Probably. Uh, possibly. <laughs> Bill, let's dive in. Uh, latest bracketology, Nebraska last four in. In some instances, Nebraska first four out per on three. Monster seven games left. Uh, yeah, the Wizenator was 20 years ago. Uh, tiger, <laughs> yeah, Shark, Diver. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what it was. Yeah, it was a running back from Oreg- on- Ontario Smith, I think, was busted <laughs> for it. <laughs> 20 years ago back to to bracketology yeah, yeah. uh what what side of the bubble do you believe nebraska's on right now i think that the college basketball community wants to put nebraska in the tournament i think that there's a lot of uh love and goodwill for fred hoiberg uh for the guy that he is the way he conducts his business and I think he's one of those uh, the coaches that his peers in the media um, are, are hoping that they can get over the uh, – I hate saying get over the hump, but that Nebraska can get the job done. And I think if they get that one road win, that that's going to be the, – the conversation in Nebraska will, will change dramatically from in, out, bubble, yes, no, to Nebraska's in, and then they move on. I really think that this year – that there is goodwill toward Fred and his team. You know, I think people appreciate the way Nebraska plays too, right? I don't think it's just because, well, we like Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska ought to get in. Look, Nebraska dominated Purdue. They dominated Wisconsin. They beat up on Indiana. Um, you know, they, uh, they they handled Ohio State. They've they've done everything they, they could possibly do at home, but they just can't win on the road. But I think as soon as Nebraska gets that that road win, even if it's a singular win, against a team that's in quad eight, I think the conversation will turn and Nebraska will go from being uh, in conversations to solidly in, move on. Well, who's our next, uh, who's the next talk topic? Bill, could you make the argument just looking at the upcoming schedule? It's not as strong as, say, the first 60% or so of the Big Ten schedule was before that Nebraska needs to get 
two on the road to feel really good about it. Obviously, you need one at, at the bare minimum, but you get Ohio State, who you've beaten, you get Indiana, who you've beaten, and you get Michigan, who you probably should beat tomorrow, all on the road. I feel like you need to get two of those. Not only is Nebraska on the road for those games, their three coaches are all on the hot seat at home, right? Uh, Chris Holtzman at Ohio State, Mike Woodson surprisingly at Indiana, and uh, uh, Jawan Howard at Michigan. You know, what? what is the air going to be like, the atmosphere going to be like going into those road games? Do you have players who are playing for their, their coaches' jobs? Is that going to be the case, or is it going to be like eh, – we don't really want to even go to the NIT, you know, so we're going to pack it in at the end of February and call it good because our expectations, Indiana, at the beginning of the season, Michigan, were much, much higher. I really think, yeah, maybe for most teams, especially if you don't have a win over number one and you don't have a win over number six and you haven't, you know, beaten everybody you should beat at home, I think maybe, yeah, you're looking at they've got to get two and steal one in the tournament. But given the way Nebraska has played, I think for the most part, it's it, shall I say, one and done. If they if if it's one, they're done in. The, they're going to be in the tournament. I really believe that, and I think that that it sets up well with the teams that they have. <laughs> We've been saying this for a while. Look, those are all three winnable, no question about it. And if they have the same kind of effort that they did at Illinois, mm-hmm. which you saw up close and personal on our surveillance uh, camera view, um, <laughs> that. If they have that same kind of effort that they had against Illinois, they could win not one, not two, but all three of those games. I agree. You know, because that they look great against Illinois. They just didn't get, you know, some help at some critical times, if you know what I mean. Um, but if <laughs> but if they play like they did at Illinois, they can't. You just can't let Illinois beat you again. Because Illinois beat them at Northwestern. And, and, and if they go winless on the road, they're going to look back at those games that we talked about at Minnesota and Rutgers. And those are the ones that are going to be the ones that did them in. Bill, you mentioned a, a second ago the respect that Fred Hoiberg has from both media and his, his coaching peers. And not only does Nebraska have that in Fred Hoiberg, they have a guy in Matt Rule leading the football team who seems to be respected by media, as evidenced by Kirk Herbstreet and his comments this week, as well as his other coaching peers. I want to get your thoughts. Why is that important at a place like Nebraska to have coaches that are well-respected? Because these coaches are on a very high platform. Right. Uh, At a place like the not just Nebraska football, which, again, Nebraska matters. I will say this. I say this all the time when they whenever anybody tells you that Nebraska is not relevant, that only solidifies Nebraska's relevancy, because if you're talking about them, they're relevant. Right. And when you're at Nebraska, where you are on a large platform and, and people pay attention, you're not lost to a certain extent, like Chip Kelly was at UCLA because you're buried amidst all the other things in Los Angeles or in Miami or, you know, down in the state of Texas with all of the other schools. If you're the head football coach at a program like Nebraska, at Michigan, at Ohio State, at Penn State, where you are really on a stage and not sharing it very much, you are going to get a lot more of it, more attention, right? So, I, I, and when you conduct yourself in, in in a certain way, and and you are engaging with the media, you're accessible to the media. Uh, your players, you know, seem to represent the school very well. You know, you're going to get that kind of respect, and you're not going to be uh, a sideshow where people are going to take sides on you. 
for the most part, the biggest knock against Matt Rule is that he did not succeed with the Carolina Panthers. And from his firing to today, you can probably say that was probably a good thing. Ask Frank Reich, right, how that organization has been run over the last, what, four or five years under David Tepper. The best thing that could have happened to Matt Rule, <laughs> he's not doesn't have to work for that guy anymore. But really, if you look at it, that's the biggest knock is, well, Matt Rule couldn't get it done in the NFL. Well, neither could Nick Saban. Matt Rule and the last several coaches couldn't get it done in Carolina because it's been a, a tire fire. Right. Bill, a thought here. We've got a little bit of time. Chip Kelly to Ohio State. I get it. But what about Fleck? Tony White's mentioned in Bruce Feldman's story. I think it's too soon, bad timing, especially with the Keona Wilhite get, right, how important he was, uh, Tony White was, to get Wilhite with the UCLA flirtation. Who, who, who wants that job? It's a tough, tough job because of the, the public funding, the NIL situation. We're talking a major demotion professionally for a guy like Chip Kelly, voluntarily, okay, to go – as an OC to go work for a guy that, that you just used to coach thought I, I, on I that. And, and then UCLA, where do they go? Is, is Fleck a, a perfect fit for La La Land? It might be, it might be. I think that we all agree that maybe that, you know, the boat has rode its course in Minnesota as far as it can go. And he's just you know, rode might, in the might spring in a leak. Right. So, so maybe, maybe new territory for PJ Fleck who doesn't, you know, doesn't mind the cameras. Maybe LA is a great place for him. I, I'm kind of the contrarian here. I, I'm not sure that, that Chip Kelly is taking a demotion here. I, I think he might be leaving a situation that's maybe not very good. Not so minimal. if you're Tony White, yeah, do you want a job at a play, at the head job at the place that you once coached? Would he do well there? Maybe, but is that is that really the the boat you want to get on? Is it a good job that Rule asked That's about? the question. I mean, at this point, you want to go there and go, I'm not quite sure that's that's a great place. Minnesota might be better for a Tony White than UCLA, given all that UCLA is going to be facing as it moves into the Big Ten era. Who knows what Chip Kelly has left them with or what kind of administration that they have. Uh, You know, living in California is pretty expensive. And, you know, with everything that's going on politically, culturally, athletically out in L.A., people were saying, you know, well, Nebraska is going to get off to a great start next year and then they're going to fade in the second half of the football season. And they're going to lose to UCLA. I'm like, they were like seven and six last year. They were going to fire Chip Kelly. He abandoned Chip now. And but look, I don't think it's necessarily a bad a bad deal for him. If it's not working out, you land as a uh, as an offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Take a year away, two away, and then go find another. Go find Minnesota or some other job if you want to get back and be a head coach one more time. You know, it worked out leaving. I can. What was the guy? He was a volleyball coach at Minnesota or at Wisconsin, and he took him to a Final Four, built it up into one of the dominant programs mm. in the country, and then willingly left to become an assistant head coach for a legend, and then took over and won four more national championships. I think that, that might have been the John Cook story. I'm not saying Chip Kelly is in this. This is the same, going to have the same success in the same next chapter, but you know what? Get away from a bad situation. Go be an offensive coordinator for a coach you trust. Rebuild your resume, your reputation, and then go find another job and finish out your career. I think it's a smart move for him, and I think it's one that he can afford to take and make. 
Super Bowl prediction, about uh, 45 seconds. What happens Sunday? Less than that, about 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Well, okay, real, real quick. I just I don't know how the San Francisco 49ers can overcome having to practice on the UNLV uh, uh, campus. <laughs> I think something like that is just way too much in your head. And uh, I, I, I think Andy Reid uh, gets the best of Kyle, Ch- Kyle Shannon because I don't think the 49ers have looked that good in the playoffs. So I think the Chiefs win again. Sorry, Elijah. There we go. Billy D, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for the time today. All right, boys. See you. There he is, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill Dolman with us.